Hello there, friend. Have you ever felt like there's a lid over some area of your life? I know I have. Maybe calling and career, finances, how about wellness? What about relationships or that unique kingdom contribution that you want to bring to the table? Or really any life domain which taken together helps us, empowers us to live our best lives under God. Today's guest is Jason Howard. This is Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 54. The horizon that we're questing after is that Jesus knows how this life works best right now, right here. The future is his. And here's the mind-bending news. We're starting to experience that future in the present. Do you feel like something is limiting one of those main life domains, those areas of our life that make up our life really? Jason Howard is a great friend. He has a pastoral background. He's a new media guy. Video is his big forte. He's also into podcasting. He's a marketer. He works with clients. He really is very fascinating because he blends a pastoral background and other giftings in the spirit with the new media opportunities that are available today. It's really a unique background. I really, I don't see this often at all. And he's a great friend. And every time we get together, which is pretty much weekly, there's a synergy and a flow state which kicks into a high gear. And um, I feel we have some tremendous ideation from the Lord. Uh, many times we've been, we've said, oh, boy, I wish, we, wish we had a recorder that we could have turned on and captured some of this. Well, I've started to bring my recorder and we were at Panera having a discussion, a conversation ensued. I feel we got into a bit of a gear with a flow state, and so I turned the mics on, he agreed, and you're about to hear part of that conversation on this podcast. You know, there are large churches and conferences that we benefit from. God uses them tremendously. Then there are groups, smaller groups of maybe 8 to 12, and then even tighter, even smaller kingdom clusters of 2 or 3. And did Jesus seem to model this sort of relational architecture? You know, he would teach in the temple to great crowds of hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe several thousands. Then there were the 70 disciples that he worked with. And then, of course, the 12 that we're quite familiar with. And then it even got tighter. There was there were the three, Peter, James, and John, an inner circle that he would pull aside out of the 12. I have felt for some time that there is a new some new relational edges that the Holy Spirit is touching and probing and pushing on. And I feel like there's some some things in the body of Christ for us corporately, as well as some spaces and places and levels for us as individuals that we are really not going to quite get into without this development relationally in the church with a capital C that we're sensing, some new relational alignment. It's not a substitute for the local church, but it's a subset and supplemental to what we normally think of as the church. Not a substitute, but a subset and a supplement to. And Jason says in this conversation that we need macro moments relationally, and we need micro moments And we're going to explore this idea that there is clustering. I call it kingdom clustering, affinity kingdom clustering that is almost artisan in nature. Okay, hang with us here in this conversation. So instead of being stuck 
in silos with lids on them. This is more of a living assembly of God's people living under open heavens. You'll see as we begin to talk. And I feel that personally, I I feel that I'm like at maybe an 80% belief level or conviction on some of these edges that we're talking about today. And perhaps that number will increase with more more study, more conversation, and even more testing and application of some of, some of these ideas. Well, let's explore this together. Let's get right to the conversation. If you have ears to hear this, I think this is the kind of stuff that's like, let him who has ears to hear, hear this. Maybe with some, this would be This seat. is clearly not for the faint of heart. And for for anybody that is uh, comfortable and happy with where they're at spiritually, and that and that's okay. We're all growing. We're all in different places. And I'm in in. Please understand. I'm not saying that I'm a spiritual guru, and I've been there and done that and got the shirt to prove it. So I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> the guru <laughs> rabbi. Yeah. The digital rabbi Jason. Oh boy. Yeah. See yes. that all that makes me really nervous. Okay. <laughs> Get nervous, Jason. I, I am definitely not that, but I I absolutely agree. I believe that there there is a top layer. There's a thirty thousand foot out there view that it's it's mass. It's mass move in these big churches. Um, they're not bad. They're great. They're a part of God's plan. They're mm-hmm. a part of God's God works through them. I love that scripture where it says that he uses all things for the good of those that love him. So these churches, I used to have a chip on my shoulder because I spent 15 years doing ministry. And I did ministry as a youth pastor, as a college young adults pastor, as a media pastor. I even did a, a campus pastor for a year and realized, oh my gosh, this sucks. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, so I spent all this time thinking that I'm called to pastor and God bless the pastors out there that are doing it. So this is just my personal experience, but I was a part of the mass, the 30,000 foot view, and there's nothing wrong with the big churches. Uh, in, in this is like an expression of, could we call it American Christian churchianity, not Christianity, but sure. like an American churchianity? Yes. Yeah. Because if you look, if you really Okay, if you take off the veneer, the top layer of it, we want to live as biblically as possible, as accurately as possible. You do not see the American church in the New Testament whatsoever, right? And that doesn't mean that it's bad. What I love, it's a different expression of the New Testament. It is an updated 2018, 19, 2020 version, right? And it it's mixed in with our culture and our subculture. So it doesn't mean that the American church is bad or that it's wrong, but we have to look at it for what it is, is the heart of God in it. And I think that, yes, God's heart is in it. It is for the mass movement. It is for people that want to walk into a building and be surrounded by two, three, four, five hundred to five thousand, ten thousand people. Because yeah, there's, there's value in that, right? There is value. Understanding in that. the larger movement that you're a part of. And and for where we're at at that boy, I hate to say this. And by the way, you know, Jason's a great friend, a partner in Kingdom Crime. <laughs> Can we just, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'll take that. Kingdom Crime. <laughs> crime against the devil. We need to be smooth criminals against the devil, don't we? <laughs> 
you know, so we have these great conversations. The fireplace is right behind Jason here at Panera. The only thing missing here, Jason, is maybe some pipes. Right. But I don't know if Panera <laughs> would be cool with us smoking yeah, pipes they, in here. But they, they, I don't they, smoke a pipe. I always fantasize about smoking a pipe. <laughs> no, they'd kick us out for sure. <laughs> they'd be like, excuse me, uh, fellas, can you I'm uh, fantasizing about out? whatever. C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien sitting in some English pub by a fire smoking <laughs> their pipes. They would gather together, the that's, Inklings. And, that's um, right. That's right. But you're saying... I mean, we've written some things down. Maybe I could, I don't know when you're going to listen to this. I'm not even sure how we're going to use this audio piece, but I might be able to take a picture, a sketch of some notes that we've uh, scribbled down Mm -hmm. to give a visual to it. But you're saying that the Lord will bring us through, many of us through a sort of a mass movement expression of of, um, community and being connected with the church. Yeah. Some are being called... Are you saying into smaller expressions or is this another layer of affiliation that we have? So we're part of the mass movement mm-hmm. I, I think as well as a smaller expression. I, I feel that we have to have the mass expression. We have to be a part of the mass expression, at least for a season of our life. Right. There's a lot of development that happens there. There's a lot of friendships that are birthed out of there. There's also pain that's birthed out of there because you're you're hanging out with people that sometimes are going to church, not because of Jesus, but because of culture. Right. Or, or social reasons. Or social. Pr- yes, yeah. exactly. There's community events. There's mm-hmm. things. So not everybody that's going to church is going because they have a love affair with our Savior. They're going because it's a social environment. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The I, Lord can again, use that. Yeah. God uses all things for the good that lo- love him. Yeah. So I believe that God can use those social things. And I, I mean, I've heard that, you say a phrase before, Jason, if I could just interject that the Lord Jesus will work through us, around us, above us, underneath us. He will amazingly do his work through our mess, right? Through even everything. personally or corporately, right? <laughs> even I when mean, it, I see that in my own life. When it's pretty see. and even when it's ugly, right? Yeah. So I love that he uses it all. So the mass, the, the mass church movement is not bad. It's necessary, I think, for those that fall in love with Jesus and they want more. They're hungry for more. And then beneath that mass movement, and that's where well, that's what started happening to me. By my 15th year in ministry, I'm, I'm just being honest, I was burned out. I was roasted and toasted. I had had enough. I had I've been through a million services. I could predict what was going to come out of the mouth of the person that was transitioning um, from out of worship into tithe and offering. I knew what they were going to say. I'm like, I had, I could close my eyes and I can picture everything. I knew video announcements. I used to make video announcements. Mm-hmm. I used to do, so it, it burned me out. And so the mass church movement, there's nothing wrong with it. But when you're behind it and you're making it happen and you're a part of a team that makes it happen, something begins to happen to you. When you have seen too much and you know too much and you've crossed the line, you can never go back. Right. And I've seen really healthy churches and I've seen unhealthy churches. I've seen churches that want to focus on the spiritual. And then I've seen churches that focus more on the business side versus the spiritual side and getting closer to Jesus. So when you see all of that, you begin to hunger and thirst for a more intimate uh, time with the Lord. And then also finding others that are hungrier for just the surface level, the mass. So like McDonald's produces mass 
amounts of food that really isn't nutritionally that great. No. You you could live off of McDonald's. You, um, you, 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 you could. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. You may not live as long if you truly imbibe in it for too long. <laughs> and please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that all big churches, no. the American church is McDonald's. And a big church may have uh, created like small groups or more high level Yes. Smaller expressions of kingdom development within yes. the larger church, and and that is tremendous. It is. That's and what. It, yeah. And 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 that and the churches that are doing that, they're being wise, and and I think leadership is humble enough to recognize that they need to get out of the way and allow people to have small group expression to be able to share and express what the Lord is doing in their life, what the Holy Spirit is doing, things that he is teaching them personally, yeah. rather than it being autocratic leadership. I'm going to stand here and talk. And Can a leader sit. get in the way? Leaders get in the way all the time. When Jesus talked about leadership, he said, don't use what could be called to titular authority. Okay, now, what does that word mean? And, and we have no agenda here. I, there's nothing I have in mind. There's nothing that I don't believe there's anything. There, there is no agenda no. here. We are just doing some kingdom. This has been through a lot of personal processing that we've had on our own. And then we get together in dialogue. And, and we're not the only ones talking about these things, too. It seems like the Holy Spirit is sort of agitating in a good way, like that agitator in a washer. Yeah. You know, trying to, 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 to bring a cleansing, trying to bring a new... A new laundry yeah, <laughs> coming out. Absolutely. I don't know, but but yep. to yep. titular authority would be uh, authority that's based on title uh, or or a big emphasis upon title, and Jesus sort of spoke against that. He said, "Don't let anybody call you a leader." He said, "Don't let anybody call you a father." Yeah. He said, "Don't let anybody call you a teacher." Right. For one is your leader, one is your father, one is your teacher. That's the basic message of Jesus. And yet we know. And we also know that in the New Testament, yeah. it was said, it's good that you want to be a leader. It's good that you want to teach. But be careful. Be slow to want that and be slow to jump into that position because. You're going to be appraised at a higher level. You will be. Yeah. And, and that means that that, that position there's a lot of people that are in that position because they're egocentric or they're hungry for affirmation that really is unhealthy, right? So that type of leader, if they're going to be in that position, they need to be humble. They need to be open and very sensitive to the Holy Spirit because it's not about them. It's mm -hmm. like a civic leader. You should never be a politician or a civic leader because you want to promote your name. You oh, want to there's do so it for much the, of that, though. You want to do it for the service of the people. It's yeah, for the betterment of the it's people. It's the betterment of the people. And, right. I, and I've often said that you can't authentically lead what you don't love do you love yourself mm -hmm. or do you love what you're leading yes are you seeking the betterment of your self or yes. the betterment of what you're leading or That's is right. it some kind of a convoluted mix which is also not healthy so you think of like a political leader what's it about president yeah is yes. it about you right or is it about the country? Exactly. Right. And it's very hard when we're in elections to determine, is the heart right? Are the motives right? Yeah. Do they really want to be a civic leader, someone that is serving the people? Or do they just want to stroke their ego yeah. and puff up their is name? Is it about power so and money? It's the same thing with a pastor, right? Pastors should want to serve the people. They're so passionate about this Jesus and the Jesus message and the gospel yes. that they want to see the true gospel get into people's lives and wreck them for the good and to, to rock their family and, their, and not just so that they 
get a bunch of little minions that follow them around and, and, and when they speak, you know, amen them every time. Cause it's not about that. If you want that, start a cult, get away, go start a cult and be happy in, in a cult <laughs> world. Right. But if you really want to change the, I'm, the, I'm used to Jason, you might have to adapt to him now, but go ahead, Jason. <laughs> He's in a mild gear right now. Don't worry. He, he'll, he'll be okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but seriously, like the, it's all about the motive of the heart. And what I'm suggesting is that the mass movement within the church is not bad. It's God works through that and uses that. And those leaders, even leaders that are serving for the wrong reasons, the Holy Spirit is able to work around that and even use ill motives and wrong motives and, and guys that are wrestling with ego and wanting to, to be tapped on the back all the time yeah. for the wrong reasons. God works through all of that. Yeah. And inevitably what pops out underneath that is someone that's even more hungry for God. I believe that the second expression is an expression that says, I want smaller koinonia. And what that means is fellowship. I want to be around others that are hungry, that don't give a rip about title or position, that don't care whether you've preached over in Atlanta or down in Florida they don't care about how many subscribers you have on YouTube or how many videos, like nobody mm. freaking cares. They want the presence of God. That yeah. is a hunger and a desire that I think the mass movement, those that are truly hungry for God, you're going to get into heaven if you're going to church and Jesus is your Lord and you're going to a big mega church, right? But when those people begin to hunger and thirst for more, they want more of the Holy Spirit. What happens is you start to seek out and long for more intimate um, conversation with those that are also wanting more uh, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, mm. with, with Christ. And I think that's the second level to this where authenticity is uh, crucial. It's key. Like we, we have to have um, such a, um, if, if I can just use this word, a transparency and a nakedness that, that these people are able to now allow insecurities rise, uh, be able to go to bat for each other, right? Pray for each other, hold each other accountable. Yeah. It, it, it's a small group. And sometimes churches are able to foster a small group like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest with you, Brian, when it's pushed by the church sometimes and it's not organic, sometimes what happens is it just becomes another agenda that's pushed down from the executive leadership of the church. Yeah. And it becomes almost like a classroom setting. It like can become a, like programmatic and branded and institutional in its vibe, right? Instead yeah, it, of having a true authentic kingdom juice on it. That's right. Right? Is that what and, you're saying? And when Paul said, don't forsake the assembly. It's so, it's so difficult to do that, isn't it? When you're leading or when you're, let's say you're leading a church, it's a real challenge. It's attainable, I believe, but to, it absolutely is. to initiate kingdom things that are free. How do I say it? They're free from that institutional energy and that, that brandedness, right? And the personal, and it has a higher qual higher octane uh, kingdom juice on it yeah and the life of Jesus on it well maybe I, I would love to suggest there is a difference between force and there's a difference between power and sometimes the church forces things 
It's not out of the power of the Holy Spirit. They're forcing an agenda, mm. right? So rather than a, a small group having organic conversation where the Holy Spirit wants to lead it, and an executive level leadership gets nervous because you get whack jobs in churches that have good hearts, but they're just out there, right? And people go, oh gosh, what if some, you know, what if, what if Henry that waves a flag over in the corner, right, um, starts, he gets the floor and he goes off on a tangent. Well, yeah. you know what? Um, it, those that are mature in Christ. They can correct it. They, they can correct that. And yep. you know what? It doesn't have to be someone that's on paid staff to correct it. God has in, uh, empowered people. I mean, the New Testament sort of talks about sort of a built-in quality control where we actually can rebuke one another. That's a strong yeah, form of in love. auto-correction. But rebuke can be um, loving and soft. Speak the truth in love, yeah. yeah I, the, the, the best moments of my life have been people that have corrected me in love and said, hey, do you want me to tell you what you, you need to hear or what you want to hear? I, well, tell me what I need to hear. Great. Okay. Right? Okay. So these small groups, if it's organic and the Holy Spirit, we're really allowing the Holy Spirit to lead it, right? And it doesn't mean that we can't have an agenda, but maybe we start somewhere and we hold it very loosely so the Holy Spirit can lead that organic group when there's true trust within the members of that small group and whether it's, you know, seven to 11, 12 people, right? And it does feel like family and you are getting together. That's, that's, I believe with all my heart and what I've read and studied is that's what Paul was talking about. Don't forsake the assembling together, right? So you can do it on a mass movement at a 30,000 foot level where there's 5,000 people that show up and that's cool. And maybe you need that for a season, but if you start to get an urging and an inkling and a hunger, and you're like, I need smaller than that. I want to be able to talk about certain things. I want to grow and read scripture and then dialogue through it. And we call that Bible study sometimes, but I'm talking about even more than that. I'm suggesting let's not just get together and read the Bible. Like, let's get together and invite the Holy Spirit to lead the group. Let's let Jesus be the head of that, right? Yeah, it's more of Jesus as the head than a, than a human being as the head. It's a real art to lead that, isn't it? It is, because what has to happen is you cannot have an, an egocentric personality in the group. It has to be everybody that's there has respect and love for each other, but's willing to allow other people to bring something to the table and and, lead, and honestly lead in that moment. And, and a lot of people that are getting paid to be on staff struggle with that because they feel like they need to be the leader. They need to allow somebody with a, a strong leadership ability, you know, suggest something that's off the hook, that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. The group should recognize that as inspiration from the Holy Spirit and not that it, it's, oh, oh, that person's going to take my job or my position. No, chill out. Let the Holy Spirit do his thing. He's going to speak through Nancy. He's going to speak through John yeah. over here. He may even speak through the 16-year-old that's going to high school. And speak through the child. Away. That's right. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, the maturity in that group is at such a place where they're able to it's foster so that atmosphere and then welcome it and then even protect it. Yeah. I want to suggest, you know, it's, you know, you know, Jason, as the Holy Spirit develops you and as you're, the Holy Spirit's bringing you along in your, in your walk with the Lord and your own identity in the Lord yep. and that unique, you know, kingdom contribution that's trying to come out. And you're fitting into the greater story, the greater glory of the Lord. It's it's about the activity of God in the earth. I mean, we're partners with him we are. in the earth. It's heaven and earth in partnership. This is not about our ministry or our title no, or our gross. kingdom identity or something like that as an individual. It's about we've been invited into fellowship with the triune Godhead 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yep. The Father has a dream. He's restoring all things. Yep. It's ultimately his story that we are like sub-stories. Absolutely. It's his narrative. We are sub-narratives. That's where the... That's where the juice best, is at. That's where the <laughs> juice and the voltage and the energy and the joy and the sense of fulfillment, it, it, whether we know it or not, that's where it's at for us. That's where it's at. So, but I, 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 I want to suggest something which may sound radical. Without these contexts that you're talking about, these kingdom community affiliation and context, there is something of a lid over your life. You, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm about at a 75% belief level in this, you know. Okay. Maybe it'll be further confirmed okay. by experience and by further study and further whatever, but there's something of a lid over your life. You will experience some measure of the expression of your identity okay. and the expression of, of your role in the grander narrative. Mm-hmm. But there's something of a lid apart from this catalytic connectivity that we're talking about here. Yeah. And so we're saying that there is the mass movement of Christianity and then coming down through into new expressions, right? Maybe what we could call a more authentic ecclesia expression. Yeah. Ecclesia is a New Testament word. It's yep. usually translated as church. It meant a called out group of people, a, a, a gathering that is authoritative in nature. And then you're a unique, a, a higher grade, unique, uh, uh, a higher grade self-awareness mm-hmm. of your kingdom contribution and identity. Mm-hmm. And then actually beginning to express that. Yeah. I mean, people are wired for this. Yeah. And and the reason that you may, if this sounds intriguing to you or that you may have felt frustrated on these edges, Jason, is because it's instinct. When you're born again, this instinct is put in you, yeah. which must eventually come out. Oh, absolutely. It's a DNA thing. Yeah. And, and there are stages to, you know, the spiritual development. Uh, one of my mentors that I love to pieces, Ken Roberts, uh, he, he's got a a book called staying power and he's it's more for like pastors and Christian leaders but you know he also came out with a course that quite frankly he he just breaks it down like there is there are spiritual stages in our in our walk with God and and we are fooling ourselves to think that that's not the, the case like we we go off to college and we go through stages in learning a, a field or a trade well mm-hmm. it's the same thing with life and in and, and our walk with God there are stages and people can get stuck in certain stages and then be prevented from maturing in Christ but inevitably a human is going to eat in the morning and be hungry by dinner time. You can skip lunch all you want. You can skip those snack moments, but by dinner or the next morning, you're going to be starving. And those urges, the the hunger for more (laughs) is real. You know, I love the Snickers commercials that come out, you know, when somebody gets hungry and there's somebody else and hangry. Yeah. Hangry. And, and to be honest with you, I walk around. Are, are there American Christians that are hangry? I've walked around hangry. 
I've walked around hungry, angry, hangry for a couple of years, not really understanding the stage that I was in and why I was so frustrated with the mass, the big church, right? The big movement of the church and why I had a longing for smaller, more intimate, uh, real, organic, not wanting a, anybody with a title or a position, but just allowing Jesus to run a small, and I don't know what else to call it, but a small micro group of believers. Yeah. And I, I couldn't put, I couldn't put my, my fingers around that. Yeah. I could not grasp it or understand it, but that is a part of being a f- true follower of Jesus. That longing and that wanting is not bad because Paul said, if you forsake, don't ever forsake. Don't ever forsake the assembly of yourselves together. But you're saying that this second level or this, this additional affiliation is an expression of that, of, of not forsaking oh, the assembling. And I feel like if we don't, it's like not eating. If you don't f- seek out and find those people of like-mindedness, like hearts, and that could look a lot of different ways. Um, you know, like it, it could be a, a subset of people that are all entrepreneurs, right? We're a part of a group of entrepreneurs that are madly in love with Jesus and they're kicking butt and doing things, but we've got to come together as a subset or a mi- micro church, right? Or a, uh, a, a small group, maybe yeah. the church would call it. It's not that. a substitute for what we normally think of as the local church. No. Another affiliation in addition to or exactly. in supplement to. It's a vitamin B shot. Yeah. And right? so you're saying that like, let's say that you, Jason, are a creative, which you are, you're an influencer, you're a marketer, you're a um, whatever, strategic thinker, entrepreneurial etc etc so you may have an instinct in you to gather with other like-minded individuals yeah who are really questing after the kingdom in their oh, own lives i love that word questing yes. questing and and you get together maybe there's food mm-hmm. maybe there's worship mm-hmm. maybe you take turns sharing what the Lord is giving you. I mean, Paul said in Corinthians 14, 26, that when you come together, each of you has a revelation. Each of you has a teaching. Yes. Each of you has something to contribute. It's like an open participatory cluster. Whoever's listening to this needs to go back to that passage, read it in several different translations, because that passage right there, that's the game changer. That right there is the game changer. Yeah, it's, it's so catalytic. It's catalytic. Yeah. Everybody's bringing something to the table. When you go to a mass church uh, service, it's not bad. It's autocratic leadership. I speak. I've heard from God. I'm going to tell you what God has said. We need a corporate word flow in our lives. We do. On a bigger There's, scale. I believe that. It, it It's like going to the chiropractor and getting healthy adjustments, right? And there's something about everybody coming together. So we, we need that. Mm-hmm. But then we also need to be able to have these micro moments where now the gifts that are micro inside moments. of us are coming out, right? So we have macro moments and micro moments. Bingo, yeah. We need both. We need both. That's two sides of a kingdom coin. Yes. That we better find that coin. Yes. I mean, Jesus said the woman lost the coin and she tore the house up to find it. I, I really feel that people are tearing their houses up. <laughs> Just 
a, uh, there's a ruckus in their life because they're trying to find this two-sided coin. I'm, yeah. I'm taking a little bit of liberty with that passage, but you know, on the one side of the coin, there's the macro moments of gathering and, yep. and catalytic events. Absolutely. But on the other side of the coin is the micro. There it is. And so, like, if you're, let's, I mean, we're just using the example of like influencers or entrepreneurial or creatives. It could be anything, Jason. It could be the space of education. Yeah. It could be, um, you know, artists, whatever. But we people need both sides sector, of that coin. People that are in media, right? Uh, people that wh- whatever there is an affiliation with. It's 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 like in the marketing world. Uh, there's a phrase: this, the riches are in the niches, right? Right. It's it's niching down and being with like-minded people, yeah. not just people that have um, Jesus at the core. But take it a step further than that, right? Jesus at the core, and maybe it's it's Jesus at the core in, in couples that have kids that are between 6 and 10, right? Uh, you're in the same stage of life. Yeah, it's sort of right? affinity-based. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's many, many various ways to express affinity-based clusterings. Oh, my gosh. I, I call them kingdom clusterings. Yes, and that's I, great. You know, and I think from Jesus' perspective, when, I mean, Jesus is the builder of the church. I that's mean, right. He didn't say, Peter, you're going to build it. He said, I'm building it. That's right. You're a stone, Peter, and we're all lively stones. He's the cornerstone. We're to be built off of him, but he is the artisan. He's the master craftsman. And I, I think from his perspective, he has an ideal ex- vision in mind mm-hmm. of his body. Yeah. And he's going to pull all the niches together, Jason. He is. We're in a niche, niche or niche, different pronunciations, but... He's the he pulls it all together. He he does. And what I love is that when you're hanging out in these micro church, small groups, whatever we want to call them, I don't even know what to call them, but it's call them all, a micro ecclesia. Yeah, sure. I, I I don't know if the mass population even understands what ecclesia is, but yeah, we got to teach them. When you study that, it's really powerful. But yeah, they're they're micro movements that these people are committed to each other. They're committed to to coming together on a consistent basis and 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 looking out for each other and and jumping on Facebook and and seeing what each other's posting and and watching what's going on and and being active in each other's lives. You're committed to each other, equipping but each other. This, this yeah. is this is a massive point. I think that has to be said, Jesus, why is it uh, in the New Testament, Jesus actually says that no one is good except God? What I love here is the humility of the Savior, our Savior, who's saying that not even he's good. Even Somebody he, came up and called him good teacher. Yeah. And Jesus, a member of the Godhead on the earth at the time, said what? He said, he no said, don't one. call me good. Don't call me good. No, no one is good. good except my father. What? I mean, that is mind-bending <laughs> oh humility. Yes. Mind-bending self-emptying of Jesus. And yet we do what? We promote We're ourselves. We're not like that. We give ourselves titles and we say, call me such and such, right? It's the exact opposite of what our, our Savior displayed. If we displayed. could just take our, 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 oh, our calcified minds and bend them towards Jesus. But here's the power. When you get a bunch of people that are humble enough to say with that Christ-like attitude, this is not about anybody in the group. This is about the Holy Spirit creating an atmosphere where God shows up. When two or more gather in my name, they're in the midst of me. When everybody's, you know, ego is put to the side and the Holy Spirit's invited. I'm telling you, Brian, the real church 
the real church, what God wants for us, there is a spiritual fulfillment and nourishment that comes out of that that is so... And you are a landing strip for the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, right? I'm like you're like a, You're like painting yourself for power. You know, it's like in the military, they'll have those guys on the ground that shoot those lasers at a target. Yep. And then there's air power above it. There's a te- technological connection. So they paint that target with that laser yeah. and then the smart bomb. It's... It's a per, perhaps an unhealthy example, but you are painting yourself for power. You are. You really are. That's what the book of Acts says, Jason. Yeah. Every time there's koinonia, that's a Greek word, which is means this kind of fellowship you're talking about. Yeah. The Holy Spirit falls on it. Yes. And then I would love to suggest also that we get to a place spiritually maturity-wise that because of that group, we nobody is seeking out title or position. But we really are trying to figure out how we can be the best servant. How can I serve that particular group? How can I serve your family? How can I serve your vision? Right. Because everybody is bringing now something very unique to the group. Yeah. They have a specialty. They have a skill. This is what Uh, I mean about the lid coming off, Jason. Right. Now, what happens is, like, for example, uh, we, you and I, we were part of a small group for a long time. And there was an affinity there that was special and unique. It was outside of even that group. So you and I started to get together and talk more. We started to have coffee. And and now I would like to suggest even further that I think there's even one more level to this. And I can't back it up, you know, biblically, except other than Paul says, don't forsake the assembling. But I believe that uh, the marketing world does it, the business world does it, but getting together in very small, small clusters, one-on-one, maybe th- a, a group of three come together under a very specific topic. I mean, why are skill? we behind the world? The world talks about masterminds, and, and there is, a, there is a, a significant uptick in the mastermind dynamic in the world, but we have the mind of Christ. Right. Paul said, we have the mind of Christ. And by the way, we read it through our individual eyes and we think, yeah, we, that means me. I have the, well, yes, you do have a part of the mind of Christ. But Paul said, we have the mind of Christ together. Now, isn't that a higher grade mastermind? It is. When you bring the Holy Spirit, the most creative force in the universe into it with his intelligence and power. I mean, think about how much you and I have gleaned from getting together and look at how much the Lord has developed us individually. And then when we would come together, sharpening each other from a different angle, right? When you're an island, you get in trouble, right? But when you bring somebody that's full of the Holy Spirit and you're able to dialogue back and forth and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, you're, you're able to minister to each other in ways through the power of the Holy Spirit that you will not get in that group of eight to 12, that you will not get at that mass service on Sunday, right? So I, that's why I believe that we have to, we, we never throw away the mass movement of the church coming together, no. but then we never throw away coming together eight to yeah, 12. It's a two-sided it, coin. It's a two-sided, but what, what the church is lacking is coming together one-on-one or in groups of three. That needs to happen too. Where there's very intimate conversation like what we're having in Panera. I mean, Jesus said, I'm in the mix. He said, if, you, if two or three of you gather in my name, not in your name, not gathering in your brand, not gathering in your denominational name. No. By the way, denomination means to denominate or to name. Yep. And God uses denominations. Denominations sprouted up because of some truth or practice that was lost and recovered, and denomination will coalesce around that. 
But you know how denominations can get, right? Oh, man. You start worshiping the monument. You know, the movement becomes a monument. Then you start worshiping the monument, and it's no longer a movement. But at at any rate, if it's at Panera or if it's at Starbucks or if it's on a walk somewhere by a river, two or three gather in my name, there am I in the midst. Jesus said it. It's powerful, man. He shows up. Yep. He's in the mix with his mind. Oh, Jason. So, So then one more level artisan level i'm calling it I, you know this is all fresh and so perhaps we'll change the names i don't know but so, so you have mass movement and then you come into new expressions where there's the smaller smaller groups micro-ish groups. micro so you have the macro you have the micro and and in that context there's koinonia there's more power there's authentic ecclesia i'm going to call it there's unique kingdom contribution which starts flourishing and then there's we, the micro micro <laughs> there's artisan level artisan level i i what what is this i mean what can we say about that jason we well for example um i i believe with all my heart like i the the skills and the gifts that i have um they're not just for me god has given them so that i can take care of my family for sure but i believe that they're also a gift for the 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 body there's never a time in a mass church service where i can say hey you know i'm i'm really great at video marketing you know i would love to be able to help you out they can employ me and bring me on staff and i could make videos for them that's not what i'm talking about Uh, i can I, I can sort of somewhat maybe in passing in our small group or, you know, micro group level, talk a little bit about it, but I can't provide one-on-one thoughts or insight or, or um, uh, counsel or suggestions. Or, but when we get further on into the artistry, I'm bringing a skill set to the table. So as you and I are talking, you, and you say, you know, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out my marketing plan for this client, or I'm trying to do this. Now we're bringing Jesus and our skill into it. Yeah. And I tell you what, when you, when you bring Jesus into anything that somebody is really good at, uh, it's game on. You're gonna, you're going to shake loose and pull out the cobwebs and the dust for someone. Yeah, get and unstuck. A, yes. Get the lid off. Yeah, break the patterns that are holding you back. You're stuck in an orbit. You know, Jason. There's there's something in rocketry called escape velocity. Okay. And so the bigger the planet, the more escape velocity you need to get away from that planet. Ooh. So like when Saturn V, when they went to the moon. They understood the, there was a prescribed escape velocity of something like 26,000 miles per hour that that Saturn V had to hit wow. to escape the gravitational pull of the okay. Earth. cool. Now, we're all held in gravitational fields from our past. Yeah. And we need, we need this principle of, like, rocketry in our lives, like escape velocity. Mm. And, and there is velocity in the spirit. But we need each other. Yep. We, you cannot attain enough escape velocity enough escape velocity on your own. No, it's true. That Saturn V project was a massive project with thousands and thousands of people, yep. experts from around the world, German engineers that came over that were part of that. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's just a, an analogy. It's Every analogy and metaphor is, is, is limited, but there are things holding you. Yeah, yeah. And in order to 10, get 20, out of that. 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. How, how, how are you going to get out of it? Yep, that's it. How are you going to get the lid off? You're right? not going to do it by yourself, that's for sure. You're not going to do it in a silo. <laughs> I mean, look at a silo. A silo has a big cap on it. Yep. There's a ceiling. We need an open heavens lifestyle Yeah. where the power is coming down. That's right. The intelligence of Jesus is coming down. That's it. And we're supposed to be better, aren't we? We are supposed to go from new to improve to improving. 
That's that. That I mean, is the nature of the kingdom. We are always growing, always getting better, and always improving. Anytime you're maintaining or you're going backwards, it actually goes against the very nature of the kingdom of God. He's never created it to be that way. The enemy is in that. The enemy wants that. He longs for that. He wants you to stay stagnant. He wants you to level out. He wants you to make decisions that take you backwards. But God's kingdom is always moving forwards. It's always expanding and growing. Always. Bear much fruit, you know, right? And that, and Fill that's the biblical. earth. There's a bazillion. That's the examples. modus operandi of the Creator. It's always yes. increase and expansion and fruitfulness. And so if we're not doing that, we're, we're either doing that or we're going backwards, right? Our very solar system is always expanding. Yeah, the universe itself <laughs> is expanding. Based on one creative word of God, let there be, it's still expanding. Right. So it's still take, creating stars. Do you know that? Just just take a moment to think about that. So the word of God shows us that and then in nature itself of what he created. He created it and stepped back and went, hmm, that's good. That's expanding. And then he asked us in a micro level to always be expanding and growing. After this a- life, guess what? We keep growing and expanding. We keep growing. You think you're going to be sitting on clouds playing harps in some kind of a hybrid of a, a nursing home angels. and an eternal church service? God forbid. Yeah, no way. God, it's not nope. that. It's it's the creative enterprise of Jesus forever in the new heavens and a new earth. And, and by the way, you're going to be given a new name. Yep. We were discussing this earlier. Revelation says those who overcome will be given a white stone, which is a stone of acquittal and cleanness and justification and you're going to be given a new name which only you and Jesus know. There you go. There is a part to this as as much as the community and relationship that we talk about there is a part of this that is only you and Jesus that's reserved for you and him forever. Right. For freaking ever. (laughs) You will be expressing your identity and your name and you'll be in the new heavens and in the new earth and Mm. those you love will be amazed at what's coming out of you and right. they don't even know what's in you. They can't understand. Only you and Jesus do. That's what we're talking about here. But we're supposed to be starting to foretaste that now. Yeah. Man, come on, Jason. This is good stuff, man. Every freaking time I get together <laughs> with you, you <laughs> torque me and we walk around with, you know, well, 95% I'm, I'm of the ideation. We can't even execute on it. We can't even implement it because we feel like there's, there's whatever. I don't know. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Jason. I'm not sure how we're going to use this, but... um We'll put it out there into the universe hey, somehow. You know, the Lord uses it great. Our intergalactic not. podcast of some sort. <laughs> we'll reach some aliens on a foreign planet yeah. with uh, <laughs> whatever it takes. They need Jesus too. Appreciate you, man. All right. My friend, do we understand the power of gathering in the name of Jesus? I mean, Jesus gave us his name as really a legal power of attorney. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me and I give it to you. So we can pray in his name. We can exercise kingdom authority on his behalf in his name, and we can gather in his name. We have power to bind and to loose which means to forbid things and release things. There are things that need to stop in this world, in your personal world, and in the world at large around you and me. And there are things that need to start and be released in your personal world and in the world around you, binding and loosening. It's very fascinating. Jesus said in Matthew 18, again, I say to you that if two of you, just two, if two of you agree on earth about anything they may ask, It shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together 
in my name. There I am in their midst. Did you hear that? They're gathered together. And I'm just wondering, my friend, if we have undervalued and don't fully appreciate what it means to gather in the name of Jesus. I think that we pretty much chronically underappreciate the vital importance of relationships within the body of Christ. That's how God sees it. That's how his economy, his kingdom works. And I just believe that it's a key edge the Holy Spirit is touching on and pushing on for those who have ears to hear. You know, Jesus would say from time to time, let him who has ears to hear, hear it. And sometimes we're not ready to hear certain things. Later on, we're ready. And so for those who have ears to hear, I just feel that this is a edge. I'm ta- it's, it's something more than just attending a Sunday morning church service. And I have a feeling that more content is coming on some of these edges that we're pursuing. And I think that that's on the way. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast on iTunes and other major podcast apps and listening options. So whenever we rate and review, it helps others to discover the content. Now, if you want to learn and get ahead faster, I have a few ideas for you. Join our free online Facebook group. In this group, there are links to resources, and you can even submit questions. And I would just go to Facebook and search for Jesus Smart, and I think it'll pull it right up. And then begin to apply, begin to act on what you're learning right away. That's really what it means to learn in the biblical worldview. You can visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. Leave your thoughts and questions there. There's a contact page. You'll find there additional resources to dive deeper with this theme of a new relational approach in the church, in the body of Christ. We're learning. I just invite you to come along and learn and learn with me. Plus, when you go to JesusSmart.com, there's an opportunity to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practice. And I have a free gift for you. If you're not yet on the email list and you sign up, you can get a 16-page downloadable PDF, a free guide on the power of words and how words steer and shape our life. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. I encourage you to find your story in the big story. Make it a smart week and all the best until next time.